this tide of irtidad and this reneging and this apostasy, we will turn this tide back and we will reverse this flow, we will stop this in its tracks. And Alhamdulillah, the other Sahaba all then realized that yes, this is the priority. And the armies were dispatched. And in a short time, those who had reneged, they also came back. And those who were stubborn and insistent on their kufr, many of them were also dispatched to Jahannam. But this incident that took place, according to many Mufassireen, the ayat of the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala revealed, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu mayyartadda minkum andini. Allah Ta'ala is addressing the believers, Oh, you who believe, those who renege, those who give up their faith, those who forsake Islam. فَسَوْفَ يَأْتِ اللَّهُ بِقَوْمِ يُحِبُّهُمْ وَيُحِبُّونَ that Allah Ta'ala is totally independent. Allah Ta'ala does not benefit by anybody's iman. Allah Ta'ala's grandeur, His greatness, His majesty does not increase by the number of people that accept Him. Allah Ta'ala is beyond all this. Allah Ta'ala's greatness and majesty is infinite. Allah Ta'ala says, فَسَوْفَ يَأْتِ اللَّهُ بِقَوْمِ يُحِبُّهُمْ وَيُحِبُّونَ if somebody turns their backs on Allah Ta'ala, very soon Allah Ta'ala will bring about such a people who will love him and he will love them. And yujahiduna fi sabirillahi wa la yakhafuna lawmatalain. And they will exert every effort in the cause of deen. They will fight in the path of Allah Ta'ala and whatever other effort that is required they will do. And they will not be concerned about who rebukes them or who says what. They will be only concerned about what is the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. Many Mufassirin of the view that this was the prophecy of this incident that took place in the time of Abu Bakr The Quran Sharif was giving this prophecy beforehand that this time will come. And there will be those who will then stand firm. And they will check this tide of kufr and irtidad. This is something that happened in that first era after Rasulullah And this was something that unfortunately continued from time to time. One is the irtidad and the religion that sometimes happens unfortunately in a very blatant manner where a person forsakes deen sometimes the jamaat knocks on the door and he says don't come back to my house because I'm no more Muslim sometimes a person expresses his kufr very openly so this is a very blatant way of kufr and religion and forsaking Islam Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us and sometimes this happens and it alarms everybody around. Suddenly people sometimes get shocked. What happened? How did this person ever do such a thing? Sometimes it comes to this point, one mother said to her son, you are no more my son. I've tried whatever to bring you back, but now you don't even regard me as your mother anymore. You've given up your deen, you've given up your iman, your greatest wealth, your greatest gift that Allah that I've given you. You are no more my son also. So this is the blatant way in which it happens and it shocks and alarms everybody. But sometimes it happens in a more subtle way. And from time to time this keeps happening unfortunately and nobody seems to take notice what's happening. Whereas the effects of this in some instances is no different to the blatant cover. 
where a person has taken his deen and iman openly and somebody has become Nauzubillah, a Christian, somebody something else. What is the effect of that? The subtle reneging and apostasy is often no different to that. Sometimes it brings a person to the border of iman and kufr. And this unfortunately happens in such a way that people don't even tend to take notice what's going on. It sometimes happens in a person's house. It happens under his nose. But he doesn't know what happened. Due to the lack of knowledge, due to what statement is coming out, a person not realizing what is the effect of that statement. And life carries on like nothing happened. One person came to him, Muftisab recently, and he wanted some advice. So what he wanted advice for, he is now proposed to some girl to get married to her and unfortunately which has become a common issue nowadays when a person is proposed or engaged there isn't such thing like an engagement in Islam but in any case when this happens a person thinks well now as if the nikah is done whereas any communication, any interaction is still haram, they are still total strangers to one another so in any case this person too unfortunately was now communicating so now he came to find out that, I want to know, is this everything fine? Can I still go ahead and get married to this girl? What's the problem? He says, well, in the cause of this communication, she says, but, you see, we can't really take or be certain that the Qur'an Sharif is the word of Allah Ta'ala. Because this is merely taking one man's word for it, Na'uzubillah. Just one man's word, nobody else, and we can't really take it for certain. One man referring to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and he has claimed that this is the word of Allah Ta'ala. So how can we take one man's word for it? At the most, it's a book of morals and ethics. Now this is clear rejection of the Qur'an Sharif. And it takes a person out of the pain of Islam and Iman completely. But she's living as a Muslim. She's living as somebody who is professing to be a Muslim. She perhaps even performs some salah. But look at the entire contradiction that where did that salah come from? Whatever acts of faith that she practices on, where did it come from? It came from the Quran Sharif. And the whole every single human being that ever came to know of Rasulullah directly in his lifetime or thereafter by history through the history written by the enemies of Nabi Every one of them they will still affirm that yes, he was a totally honest and truthful person. So he's going to be honest and truthful with insan, but be dishonest with Nauzubillah, dishonest with Allah Ta'ala. He's going to be honest with every single human being regarding day-to-day -day affairs, and still Nauzubillah lie to them about the Qur'an Sharif. What a contradiction this is. But this is the way that this person has made the statement and taken herself out of the fold of Islam. And it doesn't even occur to anybody sometimes what happened. Not long ago, many people were asking the question that can such a person go to Jahannam who though he died on Kufr, but he was such a kind person, such a, a person who did so much for mankind, who did so much for his country, who did so much for people in general. Yes, he died on Kufr. Can this still be a means of going to Jahannam? Whereas the Qur'an Sharif is very clear about it. 
اعمالهم كسراب مقيعتي يحسبه الظمآن ماء those who disbelieve then their actions are like a mirage in the desert like they come on the day of qiyamah it's like a person from far away can see water when he comes there is only sand hatta idha ja'ahu lam yajidhu shay'a when he comes he finds nothing available everything is gone Whatever he did, Allah gave him the benefit of that in dunya, end of the sorrow. The ticket to Jahannam is, the ticket to Jannat is Iman. A person comes to Akhirat without the ticket of Jannat, he can't go to Jannat. He's come with the ticket to Jannat, but unfortunately come with some sins, Allah will forgive, or he'll go through the cleaning process, inshallah he'll finish off in Jannat one day. But without Iman, then Allah Ta'ala is very clear in Allah la yaghfiru ayyushraka bih wa yaghfiru ma duna dhalika liman yasha Allah Ta'ala will not forgive kufr and shirk so this kufr and this reneging is sometimes happening and it's happening in a very subtle way one grandfather phoned his grandson who was studying overseas and it was Ramadan just coming in so he told him Ramadan is coming in you're fasting etc trying to encourage him so the Grandson replies from there and says, I don't even know whether I believe in these things anymore. <coughs> One child was quarreling with another child in a maktab. So one calls the other a baboon. So he starts asking, why did you say this? He says, no, the teacher in school told us. Now he's growing up with this fallacy as a fact. This fallacy of evolution, he's growing up with it as a fact in his heart. And this denies so many ayats of the Qur'an Sharif. It rejects so many ayats of the Qur'an Sharif. A person is growing up with this. This is a belief of kufr. That man came, he wasn't created from dust, he wasn't created by Allah Ta'ala from sand, which is explained in the Qur'an Sharif. That وَلَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ مِنْ سُلَالَةٍ مِنْ طِينَ ثُمَّ جَعَلْنَاهُ نُطْفَةً فِي قَرَارٍ مَكِينَ The entire creation of insan Allah Ta'ala describes He's rejecting this. And he's growing up with this fallacy in his heart as fact. Uh, he will perform salah also. He may give zakat as well. He'll perhaps go for hajj. And he will do many righteous actions. But if he hasn't rectified and corrected this belief of his heart, then none of these things will be of any avail to him. He is walking around in a state of kufr. So this is something that is a very, very serious situation and it's happening in a very rapid, at a rapid scale it's increasing. It's often coming right from the very elementary levels. Now this child is growing up with this aspect of so-called evolution as a fact. Where is this coming from? He said the teacher in school told him. One child, grade 3, came home with a project. What is the project about? A silo can. A grade 3 child has to do a project on a silo can. His father, his grandfather, maybe his great-grandfather also, none of them heard the word. And he has to do a project on a silo can. Now what is a silo can? The father decided to check what is this all about. So this is the first, the seed of the evolution theory. The seed of the evolution theory, this is being planted in the heart of the child of grade 3. And he can't even write that word, he can't spell it. He can't pronounce it, but he must do a project on it, so that he starts believing in this from that age. And he grows up with this fiction as fact, and this denies so many ayats of the Qur'an Sharif. 
and whether he is attending any school. Many a child who is unfortunately attending a school with a Christian ethos, this is something that is taking children unfortunately totally into kufr before they even realize what is iman. Many of them have unfortunately expressed in open terms, one child says to his grandfather, Lord is Jesus Christ. One child sitting in the, for supper, he's sitting with his hands in front, like, parents ask him what you're doing, he says, no, the teacher told us to say grace before we eat. And he's talking about Jesus Christ as his Lord. <coughs> now this is the seeds of kufr already being planted before the child even realizes what is iman. And because we want a certain level of dunya for ourselves, and dunya is the priority for our children, even at the cost of Iman, what a terrible disservice we are doing to our own project. So this is something that we have to take note of, that what is going on, what is the effects of the system, that, the education that is being fed to them. In India, when the British were ruling, there was a person very high in the ranks of the government, some Lord Macaulay, and he wrote something which is still in various archives it is available and on some websites he said that I have traveled the length and breadth of this country this was before the English had to leave and I have found people with such high morals and such high ethics I have hardly seen a beggar in this place I have hardly seen a thief and he says if we want to defeat these people we will have to break their backbone and their backbone is their culture and spirituality. And then he said, how are we going to do it? How we will do it is, in his words, he said, we'll change their ancient education system. The so-called ancient education system. And indeed, our only salvation is, lies in the ancient system. In that system that came from Nabi Sallallahu He says, we'll change this ancient education system. And the effect of this will be, that they will be Indian in blood and color, but they will be English in taste, meaning what their, what their prefer preferences are, in taste, in views, in opinions, and in ethics. They'll be English in all that, which means in faith and everything. <coughs> Outwardly, they'll be what they want to be. But inwardly, we will change them. And how we'll change them? By changing their so-called ancient education system. That system of that was taking place, which was putting the seeds of Imam in the children and bringing them as good Muslims, he said, we'll change this. Not so many words, but that's the effect of it. And the same thing is happening in, up to this time, in a different way, in a subtle way, from time to time. We need to become very conscious of this, we need to become aware of it. We need to take steps to ensure that we protect and safeguard the Iman of our children. And what is going to protect and safeguard their Iman? To start off with, we need to know what is going on in the schools, what are they learning, what are they coming back. And keep repeating the importance of safeguarding the Iman and the importance of the basics and the fundamentals of faith. We should be educating them upon what is the greatness of Iman and Islam, reading to them the seerat of Rasulullah, having the talim in our homes, which will bring this enthusiasm of practicing on deen. And together with that, attach them with the ulama-i-kiram in every community. In one 
Hadith Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, one dua of his is narrated. Allah Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam made this dua. This was a lesson for us that we should be making this dua. Allahumma la yudrikni zamanun. Ya Allah, let not such a time come upon me. And then he turned to the Sahaba. Wala tudriku zamanan. And oh my Sahaba, may such a time never dawn upon you also. What time? La yuttaba'u fihi al-alim. Wala yustahya fihi min al-halim. Ya Allah, such a time when those of knowledge will not be followed. Person will follow what he wants to do. He will decide to take his fatwas from the internet. And he'll take his guidance by opening the sources himself. When he has the smallest medical problem, then he will go to the doctor. Then he doesn't open any medical book. Because that is too risky. But when he has a problem in terms that can affect his iman and faith, then he is qualified enough to open any book. The people of true knowledge will not be followed. The person will decide for himself. Or he'll take it from anywhere and everywhere, without even checking the authenticity of the sources. Or the person. And, وَلَا يُسْتَحْيَا فِيهِ مِنَ الْحَلِيمِ The crux of this is that the person, the elderly, will, there will be no respect left. Let alone who is a person's uncle, he won't even bother who is his father. There will be no respect left. That I should have some shame from the elders of my family. I should have some shame from the elders of my community. وَلَا يُسْتَحْيَا فِيهِ مِنَ الْحَلِيمِ And then Nabi Islam says further, قلوبهم قلوب الأعادم وألسنتهم ألسنة العرب that their hearts in our understanding would be we will translate it as their hearts would become westernized قلوبهم قلوب الأعادم أعادم in that time what the reference was in our times is westernized وألسنتهم ألسنة العرب but their tongues will speak eloquent Arabic but the hearts have become westernized they'll be putting forward a totally different and a very alien ideology. You'll find a person talking language of deen, but bringing the worst doubts that this criminal justice system in Islam of cutting off the hand of the thief, na'uzubillah, this is barbaric. A person professing to be Muslim will say, but this inheritance laws of two shares to the male and one to the female brother and sister, or the son and daughter, son will get two shares and the daughter one share, this doesn't make sense to me, so I can't accept it. But the person still wants to call himself or herself a Muslim. And all these kinds of doubts will be created in the hearts and minds of people. And these doubts take a person to the border of Iman and Kufr and sometimes pass the border into Kufr itself. So Nabi Islam is warning us about this. That beware of that time and make dua for protection from that time. And that time has dawned upon us long time. If every person is a master when it comes to deen, in anything else, we look for the experts. When it comes to deen, everybody is qualified. And everybody is good enough to do whatever he wants, deduct his whatever rulings he requires from wherever he needs. But the Beast is saying, Ya Allah, save me from that time. لا يُتَّبَعُ فِيهِ الْعَلِيمِ وَلَا يُسْتَحْيَا فِيهِ مِنَ الْحَلِيمِ قُلُوبُهُمْ قُلُوبُ الْأَعَاجِمِ وَأَلْسِنَتُهُمْ أَلْسِنَةُ الْعَرَبِ That the hearts will be changed. The language will be deen. But in that will become all the doubts. So to start off with, we need to be aware of what's going on around us. What our children are coming back from their schools? What are they picking up from their friends? 
What are they reading for themselves? And everything is at the press of the button. What they are really accessing? And join them up in the efforts of deen that would keep this iman alive. Link them to the ulama ikram so that they get the correct knowledge. And this can inshallah become a means of safeguarding their iman and tomorrow the, day, the iman of their progeny. And so that when we leave this world and they leave this world, inshallah we leave with the ticket of jannah. Allah forbid, if we lose this wealth of ours, nothing else is going to be of any avail on the day of qiyamah. Allah Ta'ala says, well, the person who leaves this world from, with kufr, then he will wish on the day of qiyamah whether he could even, if he could spend the whole earth full of gold to save himself from the fire of Jahannam. But that will be of no avail. The chance is now, while we have the opportunity to see to it that we protect our iman and the iman of our children, Allah Ta'ala keep us with this iman. Allah Ta'ala take us with iman. And Allah Ta'ala raise us on the day of qiyamah with iman. Wa akhir da'wana